So I was reading a story about a, uh, a journalist who was assigned to uh, the Jerusalem Quarter in, in the, the Old Town Jerusalem uh, News Bureau. And so this journalist took an apartment overlooking the Wailing Wall. And so every day she looked out, she noticed that there was an old Jewish man uh, who would pray just vigorously at the base of the wall. So the journalist at one point went down and introduced herself to the old man, and she, she asked, you come every day to the wall, how long have you been doing that, and, and what are you praying for? Now the old man replied, well, I've come to here to pray in front of this wall for 25 years. In the morning, I pray for world peace and then for the brotherhood of man. I go home, I have my tea, and I come back and pray for the eradication of poverty, illness, and disease from the earth. The journalist was amazed, and she asked, well, how does it make you feel to come here every day for 25 years to pray for these things? The old man looked at her sadly and said, like I'm talking to a wall. I I thought it was funnier than that, but (laughs) But then that, you know, for us, as, for us as, as Christ followers especially, doesn't it feel like sometimes you're just praying to a, and it's like you're talking to a wall. You've been storming the gates of heaven and just asking God for the relationship, for the, the job to work out, for the health issue to get better. And it just feels like there's no answer. It's like God is this wall that your, your ideas, your prayers just kind of bounce off of. One thing that I'm convinced about through history, and we talked about this last week, was that everybody, whether you're a Christ follower or not, has an idea and everybody has at one point in their life prayed. Again, some people might not get what that looks like. Sometimes it's just stepping outside and, and going, oh, I just there's got to be something more. Some people have asked that. Some people prayed all kinds of different things. But I believe that it's part of the human experience to realize at some point that there is something bigger than ourselves, even if you don't know how to define it. And if you're younger in faith or younger in years, one of the biggest questions that Christ followers have is, why does it seem that sometimes God isn't answering my prayer? So last week, if you remember, we talked about the difference between God hearing our prayer and God listening to our prayer, right? It's like um, when you have the radio on in the garage or in your house or outside and, and you have the, the music, and your body, your mind, your ears are actually hearing the music, but in ter- until you turn your perception toward what's being said or sung, you're only hearing it, you're not listening. Right, husbands? We joked about this last week. Unless we're eye-to-eye with our wife, we hear you, babe. We just do not listen, right? It's, our resp- it's, it's the engagement of what is being communicated that initiates the actual listening. And we saw last week that God always hears us on a base level. No matter what is going on, God always hears us. And what's really weird is about God is, comes from this verse in Isaiah. God hears us even before we ask for anything. Before they call, God says, I will answer. While they are still speaking, I will hear. Have you ever, like, went, not necessarily with smartphones, but like with the old phones that were attached to the wall that had a cord? Remember those? Yeah. Dust those things off, right? But sometimes what would happen is you would pick that up and there'd be somebody on the other line. You'd go to dial and somebody would go, hello? And for whatever reason, that kind of connection, and it kind of freaked you out. That's like God. God is always, as you're even beginning to fold your hands, bow your head, turn your heart toward him. He's always like, hello, yes, I'm here, yes, 
He's always listening to you and to me all the time. And we saw last week again that, there, that God hears all the time, but sometimes he chooses not to listen to you, to me, for several reasons. A couple of those were these. We talked about unconfessed sin. You got sin in your life that you're just like, I know this is a sin, but I don't care, God. You say it's a sin, I don't care. I'm going to just hang on to this sin. Or we have doubts. I'm going to pray to God, but you know, he didn't do it in the past. He didn't help me out. Ah, why am I even doing this? We doubt that he has the power. God's like, Oh, all right. Well, I'm not going to do anything then. And then another one was we talked about unforgiving hearts. If God's heart is a a heart patterned after forgiveness no matter what, we as Christ followers should do the best we can to have that kind of heart. And if we are harboring unforgiveness towards somebody in our family, somebody in the church, somebody at work, if we harbor unforgiveness, God says, you got to get that right. You got to get that cleared up before the the listening piece, the response piece happens with him. The biggest thing, though, is even with these, remember, if you're praying about something right now and it just feels like he's not listening, you know, use this as a template. Is there something I need to address before God? But you got to remember, he doesn't love you any less. He simply, above everything else, desires to be in a relationship with you. And think about that. The God of the universe, the God who, who set the sun and the moon and the stars in place in the earth, the God who oversees the ebb and flow of the ocean wants a personal relationship with you in Christ. That's an amazing thing if you step back and think about it. It's a huge thing. The same power that actually did that kind of creation is available to you through prayer. Prayer is one of the ways through which God speaks to you and you to him. It's a 24-7 connection that ignites his work in the world and in your life before you even call on him. He's already there answering, working ahead of you. So how do you activate his work in your life? If we, if we can even talk like that, because he's always working in our life. But how do, how do our prayers, quote, feel effective? <laughs> Again, on our side of the equation, um, what does God require? What, what would God like to see as we're in our prayer life? Well, First John says this. First John is writing. He says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. Do you know you have eternal life? Do you know without a doubt when you die? This is something we talk about with our, our students in the confirmation class. Do you know that if you were to die today, you'd be in heaven? Yay. You're right. God offers his grace to you through Christ. It's not by what we do. You may know that you have eternal life. This is the confidence that we have in approaching God, that if we seek anything according to his will, he hears us. Raise your hand if you know the will of God. Christian, every single one of our hands should be up. Do you know why? Because what we're talking about here is the revealed, the revealed will of God. God's revealed will isn't a secret. And you're like, what, what is it? What is God's revealed will? It's all over the Bible. Read your Bibles. It's everywhere. God's revealed will for your life, for, the, for all of creation, for the world, is all over the Bible. Micah 6. The Lord has told, what is, told us what is good. And this is what he requires of you. You know this verse. To do right, love mercy, to walk humbly with your God. 1 Corinthians 
His will is that you exhibit the same kind of love toward people that he has exhibited toward you. A love that's what? Patient, kind, doesn't envy, doesn't boast, keeps no record of wrongs. This past Friday, we watched, uh, several of us gathered to watch the movie The War Room. And I'd never seen it. I, I loved, it was a fantastic movie. And part of it, it's centered around a couple that is having marital problems. And this lady asked the, the, the wife, write, sit down and write down all the things wrong with your husband. And she's like, no problem. And she's just like, three pages of stuff, single space, just handwritten, blah, 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 blah. Right? Some of you could probably do the same thing. And she, then the, the other lady came in, and, and the lady said, I, I stopped because I wanted to drink my tea. She could have kept going. Some of you have not written down everything wrong with your spouse or your teacher or your boss, but in your mind, man, you are keeping a record of wrongs, and you need to throw that piece of paper in your mind away. God's love doesn't remember wrongs in Christ. Or even think of Jesus, you know, God's revealed will. How are we supposed to act? Look at Jesus. He loved people, pushed back against religion. He, he encouraged his people through his example to help those less fortunate, to walk in faith, to be united with other believers. It's all over. God's revealed will is all through the Bible. Does that mean, though, if we're supposed to sync up our lives to what God wants, that we just completely don't even ask him for anything that we want? No, of course not. God provides for our needs, sometimes our, uh, uh, our wants. But if you want to experience that, like walking in the Spirit and going, whoa, this is craziness, what's happening in my life, you sync up your agenda first with His. And it flows from there. First John continues and says this, And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of Him because of Christ, because we're syncing up our agendas. So this answers, why does it seem like in my prayer life I'm talking to a wall? It's because too often in our lives, our prayer lives, we want what we want. And then at the end, oh yeah, God, you know, what do you want? When we're in meetings yeah, at church, it's, you know, I, I fall into this all the time. We're praying about something, a new direction or, or some, something to happen at church here or in a ministry. And, and we go, God, this is what we want, and we give God a multiple choice list of four things. All of the above, we always add, you know, do them all, right? God's like, no, I'm not going to operate on your list. I have something so much better in store for you. So the question becomes, if, 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 if God does listen, if he hears us and he responds, how does he respond? And I know in the children's message, we talked a couple about, uh, about a couple of these things, but it's good for us to review. So how does God respond Two, when you are praying, and what does he say? Uh, and so these are kind of the big four that everybody talks about. Um, and so you could take notes on these if you want. So what are four ways God answers prayer? The first one is this, request denied. <clears throat> nope, doors closed, absolutely not. Why does he do this? Because he knows what's best for us. Again, parents, you know, this was said before, parents, if your child comes to you and wants chocolate mint ice cream with caramel on it for breakfast, your answer probably should be no, right? They're going to keep praying it <laughs> or asking you about it, but your answer should be no because a responsible parent doesn't just give everything to their kid that they ask for. Let me say that again. 
A responsible parent doesn't just give everything to their kid that they ask for. You're going to turn out some really crappy kids. Say that. That's recorded even. A good parent says no. God, and that's emulating God's heart. Sometimes God says no because he knows what's best for you. There's a story, um, Dwayne actually shared this with me uh, from last week to this week, and I asked if I could share it. He's from our church here. Um, He said this, when I was very young, I was to go to an event with a friend. The night before, I had a fever of 101. Not knowing what else to do, I tried praying fervently because my mom had told me that unless my temperature goes down, that I wouldn't be able to go to this event. So the next morning, my mother announced that my temperature was just under 99 degrees. I was so disappointed that God hadn't answered my prayer because the prayer that I prayed was that God that when I woke up the next morning, my temperature would be zero. (laughs) Yeah, God doesn't answer all prayers. Okay, God's God's responsible. So request denied. Request granted is the second one. These are the ones where we do happy dance. This is a yes. You've been praying about something and miraculously or maybe unmiraculously to you, all of a sudden, whatever you've been pushing through, you push through, and it's like, yes, and you know without a doubt God has answered your prayer. These are the ones that are miracles, maybe. These are the ones you're praying for your son's return or a, a, a friend's sobriety, whatever it is. And you're just like, thank you, God. And he's answered your prayer. So request denied, request granted. Third one is this, request granted, but not yet. He may, re- he may grant your requests, but in, but in his time, according to his purpose. Friends, this one drives me nuts. I'm going to ask God why he does this, but this one just drives me nuts. You know, I pray for something on Friday, and here it is Sunday. Why isn't he answering my prayer? And then I get mad, you know, and you might get mad, and you might say, well, God doesn't love me, or you might think that God is saying no when he's actually saying yes, but wait. Remember Ecclesiastes, to everything there's a season and a purpose under heaven. So requests... Denied, request granted, granted, but not yet. Uh, and then the last one is this, request granted, but not as you might expect. Sometimes God says yes, but answers it in a different way, totally unanticipated. Remember, God's thoughts, as Isaiah says, God's thoughts are not your thoughts. His ways are not your ways. And if he was here before you were, and he'll be here after you were, I'd Listen to him before I listen to you. He has the purpose and the, the blueprint, if you will, for all of history. He answers it not as we expect. When we ask God for strength and perseverance, we want it right then. And instead, he gives us a trial to build up strength and perseverance. My mom always said, don't ever pray for patience because God will give you plenty of opportunities to get it. Uh, when Kelly and I were first married, um, I worked at, uh, I was a, a flight attendant for America West Airlines. And um, there was a time when we had just purchased our house, first house, all excited. You remember those days for, for some of us? You might be there right now. First house, we had Mackenzie, our first child, and we were just so pumped. It was just such a great time. And we just fell into some serious, serious debt. We weren't just, you know, swimming in debt. We were drowning in debt. 
by our own choices. You know, we, we did the whole, don't look at how much it costs. Can you afford the monthly payments? Whew. Bad news. We were hurting. So it got to a point where Kelly and I are talking and praying, kind of figuring out a plan. And I got, one night, I was just like, I was just angry. And when you're angry at God and it comes out verbally, you're angry at God. So I, I just yelled at God, I just, which is okay to do, actually, in faith. And I just yelled at him. I said, God, I know that I'm your child. I know I, I'm loved. And I know I messed this up. But I need money. That's what I prayed. That was my prayer. I need money. And so as I was going to bed, I was expecting that tomorrow or the next day in the mail, I'd open up the, the mail and there'd be a letter from a church in Iowa who's been praying about supporting someone. And, and I'd get a $500 check. You know, if that happens... But that's what I was thinking going to bed. And as I was working, at that time I was working at the airline, I was on call. Basically, it's called reserve, which means they could call you and then you had to be at any time, you had to grab your bag, be at the airport within an hour. So I'm going to bed thinking about this check that I'm going to have next to the next day. And at two in the morning, I get a call from America West Scheduling and they put me on a four-day trip to Hawaii. Most lucrative trip in the whole system at that time. And for those of you who, just as an aside, for those of you who hear flight attendants going to Cancun and Puerto Vallarta, it's work. They don't get off the plane. So it's not glamorous. I don't know why I shared that. I just, you know, it's because <clears throat> I'm jealous when my wife gets to go to Puerto Vallarta and Cancun as a flight attendant. Anyway, so um, the point is, again, we can't dictate how God answers prayer. God uh, requests granted, but you might not add, it might not be as you expect. Remember, if you limit the how, you might be limiting the result. So take a look at all four of these. Request denied, request granted, request granted, but not yet. Request granted, but not as you expect. God is three times more likely to say yes than no in your life, according to this. God leads with a yes. He's always yes. But what are the ones that we focus on? We focus on the times that God says no, which might actually even be a not yet. We don't even really know. But that's when God says no to us, we say God doesn't exist. He's just a wall. Why should I even try? Brothers and sisters, God answers your prayer more than you realize because he loves you more than than you realize in Christ. You may be in a horrible situation right now, relationally, or it doesn't seem to be getting any better, or you don't know what to do with your work, your job, you're confused, you're sick of where you are, and you're just like, get me out of here, you've been praying about that. You may be wondering why God doesn't change that situation or the the healing of a health issue, but listen, God loves you and has a bigger purpose in mind than what you might think he should do doesn't mean he's not caring about your personal situation here and now. But he's with you in it all the way. We know, because it's a promise, that everything we experience works out for the good of those who are called according to his purpose in Christ. That's a promise. Everything works out for the good of those who are called in Christ. So as we close this series, I want to ask you to do one thing, two words, one thing. Go ahead And ask it. Whatever's on your heart, whatever you've walked into this room carrying, whatever you're listening to as you're listening to our podcast, whatever you have right now and you just haven't asked God, do it. 
He hears you. He listens to you. He loves you. And God is always in control, even when it feels like your prayers aren't being answered, even if it feels like you're talking to a wall. Amen? Amen. Let's stand to pray. Lord, your mercy and grace are, are abundant, and we have not even a microscopic view into what the, the immensity of how much you love us and how much you are working in our life. Um, Father, I would pray that this week, as we've been talking about basket, as we move into um, a, another week, Father, I would ask that you would uh, make your work known to us in our lives, that these thing, the thing that right now that we're holding on to, that we've, that we've held back from you, that we would release that to you, Father. As we saw last week, Martin Luther's quote, pray and we want to let you worry about it. So we give everything to you. We thank you for being a God who loves us, who is um, involved in our everyday life, and ultimately who brings us um, to your, your throne through the grace that we find in Christ. So thank you for that. We just love you, Father, and we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.